Revelations chapter 1, verse number 5 and 6. I want to continue what I began last Sunday uh, uh, on the thought of the love of God. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 says this, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If you'll go back just a few pages to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, and I want you to look at verse number 1, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Behold, what manner of love does the Father have toward His people? Now, I understand that the subject that I'm dealing with last Sunday and this Sunday is a very simple subject. It's a subject that we talk about all the time when preaching and doing messages concerning the love of Christ. The problem I have is many of us, we go through life, and sometimes, Brother Larry, if we're not careful, we get to the point where we really don't understand and we really don't comprehend really the love of God. We say we do, but we really don't get how far it stretches. We really don't get how far it goes with us as human beings. I told you last Sunday that God's love is unfathomable. God's love, you can't describe God's love in words. It's hard to do that. You can do your best, and I'm going to do my best this morning to describe that again to you. But it's hard to describe the love of God and how he feels toward his people. At the same time of saying that, I want to say that that just because God loves us with that unfathomable love or that unconditional love, it does not or it should not give us a license to go out and do what we want to do. It should not give us a license to go out and just justify everything that we do because of the love of God. Karen loves me, and I believe that I can say that she loves me unconditional, but this is what I know. There's some lines, Sister Kathy, I better not cross, or she's going to have a problem. You understand what I'm talking about? In, in, in the marriage circle, there's some boundaries that I need to stay in, or we're going to have issues as a couple. Her love may be unconditional to me, She may overlook some things, but if I cross some of those lines or some of those boundaries, there's going to be some problems in the marriage relationship. Now, we can understand that, but I understand the same fact that God loves you unconditionally, but there's some boundaries. God loves you unconditionally, but there's some lines that you don't need to cross. And so this morning, this subject of the love of God is something that every one of us needs to know about. This subject is is something that every one of us needs to, if we have not experienced it already, we need to experience it. It's something that will change our past. It's it's something that will redirect our future, if you will. The love of God is something that will erase the pain of broken hearts. The love of God is something that will erase the pain of shattered dreams that we may experience. 
It'll give us the peace that we need for our souls today. It'll give us something of a confidence that we, that we are of value. We mean something to God. Amen. We're special in God's eyes. It's something that'll give us confidence that, that we are of value, that, uh, that we do matter, and that we are accepted by the one that matters the most. There was an unusual survey several years ago, and people that, got, that, that was a part of this survey, they were asked this question, what three-word sentence would you most like to hear or have said unto you? The top three answers pretty much sums up the needs when you think about it of, of all of mankind. The first one is this, I love you. The second one was this, I forgive you. And the third one was, supper is ready. <laughs> now when you think about that, that really much sums up our needs. We have emotional needs, we've got physical needs, and most importantly, we've got spiritual needs. We need to be loved, we need to be forgiven, and we need provision to take care of this body, amen? And God meets every one of those needs. In fact, he meets all of these needs because of one primary thing, and that is the fact, the eternal fact, the unconditional fact that God really does love you this morning, amen? He loves you. So I want us to look at this, this, this incredible love of God this morning. John said in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Behold, what manner of love. When you dig into that word, that, that word manner a little bit, there's, there's one guy that said this in his word studies of the New Testament. He says that manner, that word manner literally defined simply means the love of God is foreign. Now I want you to think about that. The love of God is foreign. In other words, it's simply out of this world. The love of God is foreign. It's out of this world. The love of God is unlike any other love that you and I can experience today. There is no other love like the love of God. It's greater than a mother's love. It's greater than a father's love. It's greater than, a, than the love that one may have for their spouse or the other. It's a foreign kind of love. It's an unusual kind of love. It's a love that's out of this world. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, why is that so difficult to understand? Well, think where you come from. Think of all the junk God had to look through in order to save you. Think of all the stuff that he had to go through in order to get down to your heart, amen. And in spite of all of those things, God still loved you, amen. There's a little funny story I read the other day about a grandfather who, who, who was in this uh, grandson's room. And the grandson was trying to get out of the bed, the baby bed, but couldn't get out of the baby bed, so the grandfather just crawled over in the baby bed. He couldn't get the baby out, the baby couldn't get out of the bed, so he just crawled over in the baby. I said, well, what's so special, what's so funny about that? When you think about that from a spiritual standpoint, you, 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 you couldn't, you and I could not get out of this world. But Jesus came into the world. He came into our pen. He came into our mess. He came into our junk. He came into the stuff that you and I live through each and every day, and he loved us in spite of it all, amen. Hallelujah. 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 The great love of God. When you think about the great love of God, he became flesh. This great love of God descended from the throne of heaven. This great love of God took upon himself the form of a servant. This great love of God lived in the flesh for a little over 33 years. 
And he demonstrated the love of God in the greatest way. How did he do that, Pastor? He simply died on the cross for all the sins of humanity. He died for you and I. Now that's enough right there. We could go home and be full, but I'm not through. There's some other things I want to share with you concerning the love of God that you may have not thought about. The love of God equalizes this morning. Everybody say equalizes. When you think about that, in our society, every one of us is placed in a, in a different category. We're different financially. We're different educationally. We're different economically. We're different politically. And matter of fact, we're different racially as well. Amen. We've got some white. We've got some black. We've got some white hair. We've got some no hair. We've got some little folk. We've got some big folk. We've got some tall folk, and we've got some small folk. We are all different today, but in the eyes of the Lord, hallelujah, every one of us are the same. In the eyes of the Lord, at the foot of the cross, we all are equal. There's no big eyes and little me's. We all are equal at the, at the foot of the cross today. No matter where we've come from, no matter where we've been, we are all on equal ground when it comes to the love of Almighty God. You can't bottle it up. You can't package it up. You can't sell it because it ain't for sale. It was given to you free of charge, amen, for the love of God. Hallelujah. There's another thing I found out about the love of God. It reaches to the lowest places. It goes to the highest places. It reaches to the lowest where the homeless lie. All the way up to the castle or the palace on a hilltop. Loves everybody the same way. Amen. Last week I told you about an old song. That one of the verses in this old song came off of the wall of an insane asylum. Where the following words by some unknown patient in that institution and he penned these words, could we with ink the oceans fill? And were the skies of parchment made? And every blade of grass a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God to man would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, those stretches from sky to sky. When you think about that verse, even inside one of the darkest places on the face of the earth, the love of God reached in and found that individual, and he was able to pen those wonderful words. Concerning the love of God. So don't tell me you can't know, you can't find the love of God. Don't tell me you don't know where the love of God is because even in your deepest place, even in your darkest place, even in that place where nobody else knows about, the love of God can find you this morning. Amen. And all you've got to do is just open up to Him. Just open up. Distinguished lady once asked a child, who was her mother's favorite? This is the way the child answered. She said, well, my mother loved Johnny the best because he's the oldest. She loved Jimmy the best because he's the youngest. And she loved me the best because I'm the only girl. In other words, mama just loved them all the same. You mamas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You love your kids the same. Don't, despite. They're all different but you love them the same. I wonder this morning in this church who God loves the best. Oh, pastor, he loves me the best because I've done this and this. Pastor, he loves me the best because I'm a, I'm a great prayer warrior. He loves me the best because I fast more than almost every day of the week. He loves me the best. You know what the truth about it is? 
he loves you the best and 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 he loves me the best and you love, he loves you the best and on and on we could go. If we could get to every one of us, brother David, he loves every one of us the best. Hallelujah. Boy, isn't that wonderful to know. If you didn't know you was loved this morning when you got to church, I hope you leave today knowing you love today by the love of God. Your mama may not like you too much. Your daddy may not love you too much. Your husband and wife may not love you too much, and your kids may can't stand you. But I can tell you something. God loves you today. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you, and he cares for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the love of God equalizes. Another thing I've found out is the love of God endures, and I'm so glad that it endures. Amen. I'm glad that he endures. The great news is that God will not quit loving us. I was blessed to be born into a pastor's home. That's all I've known my whole life. Dad was my pastor growing up my whole life, Sister Parker. You, you know that is very well. You know me when I was real little. So that's all I've known. I've known church my whole life. I, I've been, I was blessed to be born in that home. But I can tell you something. There were moments that I went through, even though I was born and blessed to be in a home, that I was born in. Even though, Brother Adam, I was, I was born to Christian parents that took care of me, that fed me, that clothed me, that cared for me every day. But there were still moments in my life since yet I woke up and I wondered, I don't know if God cares about me. Now think about that. I'm surrounded by love, but yet I still wondered if God cared about me. Have you ever, have you ever thought about that before? Of all the stuff that you've went through, have you ever just, just set aside one day and said, Lord, do you, do you really even care about me? You take all the other facade off, but do you care about me? And I remember several moments and times like that in my life that, God, I've messed up so much. How can you love me? Now, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I'm going to slow down just a little bit because I want you to get it. I've messed up in my life so much. I've made wrong decisions. I've been to places that I shouldn't have been. I've saw things that I shouldn't have seen. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. God, how in the world can you forgive me and really love me? I've messed up. God, you've, you've blessed me. You've let me be born into a Christian home with, with a set of parents that loves me unconditionally. But I've messed up and I blew it, God. How can you love me? But I'm so thankful today that the love of God endures time today. Amen. The love of God endures trials today. The love of God endures transgressions today. And there's some people that live in fear that they're going to do something in a relationship that'll cause a person who loves them to quit loving them. And they may do that. But can I tell you today, in our relationship with God, there is an unnecessary fear. It's an unnecessary fear because the love of God endures today. It's continual today. It's constant today. It's certain today. My God loves me today, amen. And he loves you as well. I need forgiven every now and then. You need to be forgiven every now and then. We make mistakes. But God, we don't have to forgive God. He never makes mistakes. God never makes mistakes. In an ever-changing world, it's good to know that there's some things that remains the same. What is it, Pastor? It's God's love for us. It's God's love for us. 
God's love endures. The other thing I found out is the love of God emancipates. Emancipates. Don't you understand the words here? Those songs, we were, we were washed in the blood of the Lamb. The old song. We were washed in the blood of the Lamb. When we are saved, we were washed clean of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you think, of, think about that from a, I guess from a human standpoint, the cross was a gory place. The cross was an ugly place. The cross did not, was, not a, was not a beautiful place. It was, it was despised. It was a place that many times was rejected. It's a place where blood flowed down the cross and fell to the ground. It's a place where Jesus hung on the cross, Brother Keith, and he died and he shed his blood. And we all know the story. It wasn't something beautiful to look at. Can you imagine Jesus' mama standing at the foot of the cross watching her son go through everything that he went through? It's not a place that you and I would want to be. But when we were saved, we were cleansed, we were liberated. We were set free. We were no longer a slave, and it all is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He looked down through time. He looked down through those years. He looked down through those centuries, and he saw you, and he saw me, and he said, I need to die for that person. They need a Savior. And he died for us, amen. God's love for us remains today. It remains today. And this morning, you, you may be here this morning, you feel like you're in bondage today. You may be here this morning, you're going through some stuff that nobody else knows about. You may be here this morning, you feel enslaved and, and you feel trapped and, and you've tried to break free of the change and, and you've pulled on them and, you, and you've stretched all of those things with all of your strength, but to no avail, they still hold on. I want to tell you this morning that you can be made free this morning. You can be emancipated this morning. You can be liberated through the blood of Jesus Christ today. If you will just open up your heart and come to the Lord today, confess your sins and receive Him as Lord and Savior, my Lord and Savior can break the chains from around you and set you free when nothing else can. Amen. The love of God, it endures, it emancipates. Not only that, it elevates as well. The love of God, it elevates. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about when I say this. The government has tried to elevate us all down through the years with no help. Right? With no help. They can't even get along when they're in Washington. You've heard me say this before, and I, I really, I still believe it. Even with all the positive things that's going on, in my opinion, I think all of them needs to be fired. And let's just get some common folk with some common sense. Amen. That's just how I think about it. They all are Republican, Democrat, and I don't know what you are, and I'm not trying to have a political party here this morning. But get rid of all of them. Just get some common folk in there that's got common sense. That'll go a long way in America. The love of God elevates. There was a program several years ago that the government tried several years ago in Washington where they took 100 homeless people off the streets. They took these 100 homeless people and they set them up in apartments and arranged for them to have jobs. And that sounded great and the idea was, was right and, and it was a wonderful idea. But the shocking news is that just in a few months, almost every one of those people were back on the streets. You say, well, why, Pastor? They 
set them up in an apartment and got them off the streets and gave them jobs and they had income coming in. Listen, this is the reason. Even though their environment was changed, their nature was the same. Didn't change their nature. They were the same on the inside. When, when, when you and I experience the love of God, when we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are clean on the inside. And it ought to work on the outside as well. There's so many people that have come to church week in and week out and come down and cry their crocodile tears just to get to feeling good. But it changes not their nature. They go back and they do the same thing over and over and over again when expecting a different result. And you can't do that. The love of God, remember what I told you at the beginning, there's some boundaries with the love of God. There's some lines with the love of God that I don't need to cross. And if I cross those boundaries and if I cross those lines, I'm going to find myself back at the same place. The love of God will forgive me. The love of God will change me. The love of God will redirect my path. The love of God will take me where I need to go. But I've got to be changed from the inside on the out to the outside. Amen. You know what we do? We like to change from the outside to the inside, and it don't work that way. You may not like the way I look. I may not like the way you look. You may not like what I have on. I may not like what you have on. But that's not important. Can we get that straight this morning? You may not like my color of my hair. I don't even know what it is, but I ain't got much. But anyway, you may not like your hairstyle. You may not like the tattoos. You may not like the nose piercings and, and ear piercings and all those kind of things. We get involved in all of those things. But listen to me, church. If we concentrate on those particular things like that right there, we're not going to get anywhere. Amen. Let God come in and change the inside. He'll change the outside, but let him change the inside. Let him get a hold of your heart. God, God's love will elevate. It'll elevate. When we experience the love of God, we are cleansed by the blood. When we experience the love of God, we are clean on the inside. And God reaches down and he lifts us up out of the miry clay and he places us up on a rock, a sure and a steadfast foundation. And and the Bible talks about, behold, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Amen. No matter how well-intentioned our government can be, no matter how or what programs they unveil, the greatest needs are not education this morning in America. No matter how well-intentioned they are, the greatest needs, it's not the environment today. It's not economical. But the greatest need in America today can be only be met by the love of Jesus Christ. We need to be loved completely. We need to be loved, forgiven thoroughly. And I can tell you that God can do that in America. Amen. We just got to trust in Him. We just got to trust in Him. I want you to imagine with me, if you will, this morning. Imagine with me. God sent us back to the very beginning. Go back there in your mind. Imagine that God has sent us back to the beginning. And you hear God say, let there be light. And instantly, you see light. You hear God say over his creation that he made, it is good. And you look around and you see that it really is good. You look up and you see the living God in heaven and you see the Father and you see the Son and you see the Holy Spirit and the three of them are one. You physically are standing before the living God and you realize 
And you see that he is in perfect relationship with himself. Now think about that. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you visualize that. And he's in perfect fellowship with himself, serving each other. Honoring each other. The Father giving everything of himself to the Son. The Son giving everything of himself to the Father. The Holy Spirit giving everything of himself and to empower the Son and complete unity to the glory of the Father. Perfect love and equal love. And you're witnessing all of that. And God chose to create you in the midst of all of that because he loves you. And you hear him call call you by name, and tell you that he created you because he loves you. You hear him whisper again as he draws closer to you, and he says, I love you. And time passes. He brings us to a stable where all the smells and all the noises of the animals are there. And in all the noise and all the animals you see, you you hear the angels sing in perfect harmony, and they sing, Hallelujah, God is with us, and he's with all men. And all the shepherds who are considered by the culture of the time as just common people, they're all gathered there at that spot in a stable. And then you see three men enter. They're considered the most important people of their day with all of their riches they come. We see the rich there in that scene, and we see the poor. We see see the great and we see the small all bowed down and they give honor and respect to this little bitty baby, the creator of heaven and the creator of earth and all things good come as a little as a little bitty baby who is vulnerable and dependent on his mother and on his father and he made himself, the Bible said, of no reputation and he gave up his glory and he gave up his riches and you're there and you're witnessing all of this. And he surrendered all to be a servant for us. And he chose to do this because, Brother Earl, he loves us. Then you begin to start to understand God, that when God does things, he does everything, everything out of love because he loves. And we can see the love of God as seen in the life of Jesus as a man. You see him heal the sick of the physical. You're there with the mental and the sickness and the, and the spiritual sickness that he heals. You see him train up leaders and, and you see him cast out devils and, and you see him setting the oppressed free and revealing the love of God, the Father. And you hear him declare the good news of the gospel and the good news of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven has come upon earth in us and because God is with us. And you see people, many people gather to hear his words, his words have life. His words are light. He has compassion on the hungry. He is the son of God. He can say to the rocks to become bread to feed the multitudes. Yet he chooses to have us part of this miracle. You hold in your hands at that moment those five pieces of bread and two fish. Jesus blessed them. He began to break them and he gives them to you. And you begin to give them out. One, two, Three, and another, and another until there's literally hundreds and thousands upon thousands that's being fed. And, and all of a sudden, you, you begin to get excited because you can feel as the fishes and the bread multiply, and they multiply, and they keep multiplying. Every time you give it out, they begin to multiply even more. You can imagine all the excitement. And God knew how exciting it is for us to be a part of his miracle. And he chose to give us an opportunity to be a part of this miracle. 
Jesus simply blessed the food and in his power and in his authority and it was given out to the disciples by the disciples and he multiplied it, everyone receiving their full. The Bible says the power of the living God flowed through the disciples because they chose to be a part of his miracle. Jesus never used his power. Think about this. I don't know if you ever thought about this or not. But Jesus never used his power for himself or self-gain. But he used it for you and I. He gave over his power to the disciples to be leaders of the kingdom. He gave over his power so he could herald in his kingdom on earth. And today... He gives you and I an opportunity to be a part of this miracle, part of his wonders, to heal the dying world. For day after day, you just walk with Jesus. Why? Simply because he loves you. Time passes. You walk down an alley and up the stairs, and you open a door into a room, and there you see Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he comes to you and he kneels down before you and he gives you honor and respect and he begins to wash your feet as a servant. The creator of heaven and the creator of earth and all things good serves you and he washes your feet. He gets up and he moves to the one over there. He knows all things and he knows that this one who is about to betray him, he, he still kneels down before him. And then before your very eyes, he kneels down in front of the one who's going to betray him and washes his feet. He washes his betrayer's feet. The one who will spit in his eye. The one who betrays him with a kiss. He washes his feet because, Brother Keith, he loves Judas. And you're thinking, what love is this? Serving and washing the feet of the one who will spit in the eye, betray him with a kiss. And your flesh cries out, this is not justice. That's how we are, right? The one who causes the offense, they should pay. Jesus turns and he says to them, I love you too. And I love him the same as I love you. And you've heard me say time and time again, I believe with all of my heart, if Judas would have done as the apostle Peter and went out and repented, God would have forgave him. The Lord would have honored him and respected him and welcomed him back into that group of his 12 disciples, but he didn't do that. Time passes. It's dark. And you see Christ, the Son of God, sitting all alone. He knows what he's about to endure. He knows what he's about to suffer. And the tension is so great that he actually, the Bible says, those, those drops of sweat became as great drops of blood in that moment. In this moment of human weakness, he, he stops and he prays for you. And he says, Father, all the glory you have given me, I give to all who believe and receive in me. Do you understand what I just said, church? Jesus says, everything I do, you're going to do it even greater. Everything that I do... I'm going to give you the power. Everything that I do, why am I going to do that? Because I love you. I love you. All the goodness, all the glory, all the power, all the authority of the living God, he gives to everyone who receives and believes in him. Why? Because God so loves. That's why I said God's love, we, we can't describe it. 
You know how we think about love? You know what we think about love? Boy, I love that pizza. That's a good pizza. I love it. I love the color of that house over there. I, I love that house. Boy, I love that girl. I love that boy. Y'all know as well as I know, that, that kind of love, it fades away, doesn't it? If, if, if you're a mom and dad in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've, had, if you've had young people, boys or girls, listen to me, young people. Let me just go ahead and help you a little bit. You're going to find that special someone in your life, and you're going you're to love them. Boy, you're going to love them. But they're going to break your heart. They will. They're going to mess you up. Why? Because they're going to find another that they love. Yeah. I've done it. You've done it too. I've had a girl too that I thought I loved. But I didn't. I didn't know what that kind of love was. But we think we understand what that kind of love is and we don't. God's love is unconditional. And that's, you know, we, we, we look at all those attributes of, of that's really what love is. That's how, we, that's how we attribute that kind of love. We understand that kind of love, but that's not the love that I'm talking about today. That's not the love that I'm dealing with today. His love is unfathomable today. His love, you can't understand the love of God. Why? God loves us so much. Time passes. And you receive the revelation that this man is the Son of God. You have seen the miracles. You have felt His power. You look up and you see the King of glory nailed to the cross. You look up and you see His back and His body is whipped and broken. You look up and His flesh is beaten and is ripped apart where He's unrecognizable. You don't even understand and recognize the face of Jesus anymore because His body is brutally beaten and all of a sudden a crown of thorns is pressed into His head and His blood falls down to the earth. You think He could come down from there any time. You think that He could call down of a legion of angels to Him to set Him free and He could. Yet you understand He chose to remain nailed to that cursed tree. He chose to pay the cost of all the offenses done to you and I all the offenses that's done to others and all the offenses done to God why pastor? simply because God loves you and time passes and all of a sudden you're faced with the reality of this man called Jesus and you feel something tugging Sister Marion, in your heart, that I've got to give my heart to Christ. You feel something tug and weighing heavy upon you. The weight of the world is there. The sin of the world is there. And you feel something calling you. It's the Holy Spirit, but you may not understand it at that moment. Because you've lived your life and you've justified everything and you've done everything and it's all right. You, nothing's really bad has happened to you yet. And we begin to justify those things, Brother Reigns. And we say, oh, I've got a little time. I can go out and I can do this and, and I can go out and I can do that and everything will be fine and time passes. And all of a sudden, you find yourself making one decision that screws up your whole life. You find yourself making one decision that messes up your future. And you think, can God love me after this? I've come to tell somebody, yes, he can. Hallelujah. 
I've made some bad decisions, Pastor. Well, God still loves you anyway. I've made some dumb choices, Pastor. I've come to tell you God still loves you today. Amen. He still cares about you. And all you've got to do is just surrender. Just surrender. Just surrender. I love it. When Ella Kay and our granddaughter comes up to me and she throws up her arms and says, Papa, I want to hold you. That's what she says. She don't say, pick me up, you hold me. She says, I, I want to hold you. Now, I know what she means. But can I tell you, every time she does that, I don't care how sore I am, Brother Keith. I don't care, uh, Brother Roger, how bad my shoulder hurts or how bad my hip sometimes hurts. I'll reach down and I'll pick her up because she says, Papa, I want to hold you. Don't miss this. There are moments that I come before God and I'm hurting spiritually. I said, God, I just want to hold you. I want to hold you. And God in his loving way, I don't, I don't have a clue how he does it because when I look at me, I'm thinking there's no way God can love me. You know what I'm talking about, right? I, I don't see how, how can love of God reach down and touch me where I am because of all the stuff maybe I've done things I've said or whatever. We all have been there. But I come to him because I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of somebody just to hold me. I'm in need of somebody just to love me. And I said, Father, I just want to hold you. I just want to hold you. Brother Lewis, in spite of all that stuff that he looks down and he sees in me, he reaches down and he picks me up and he puts his arms around me and he holds me and he loves me. And he forgives me. And he brushes me off. And he sets me back down and says, I believe you can make it. Just turn to me. And all heads bowed and eyes closed. And Sister Michelle, I just want you, if you don't mind, just come to the piano. I don't want anybody else, just the, just the keyboard. There are some of you in this place today. You may feel just like I have explained to you this morning. You may feel like that nobody understands what you're going through. And that's okay. You may feel like that there's nobody else has went through things that you have went through. And that's all right. But I've come to share with you this morning this very simple message that God really does love you. And in the quietness of this moment... I just want to ask you this morning, church, whoever you may be, mom, dad, young person, grandmother, grandfather, whoever, do you need the God's love today? Are you the one that just needs to come and say, God, I just want you to hold me? Made some bad decisions. Done some dumb stuff. I just want you to hold me. I just want to be loved by you. Because if you are, then he can do that for you this morning. Pastor, you don't know what me and my spouse has been going through. I don't have to. But God can minister to you. He can heal you if you'll just let him. You may be a young person here and say, Pastor, you don't know everything I've done, the decisions I've made, messed up. It's okay. God still loves you. God is still wanting you. He's still reaching out to you and all you've got to do is to surrender your heart unto the Father 
And while you're sitting there in the quietness of this moment, whoever you may be, with eyes closed and head bowed, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I do want to ask you this morning, if you'd be honest with yourself and be honest with me and be honest with the Lord, if you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I just want God to hold me today for a little bit. I just need to feel his love. Would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? I just, I just want God to love me. Thank you so much. I just, I just need him to hold me just a little bit. Before I leave this house today, I just want God to come in and possibly change who I am just to love me. Just love me. He can do that. Father, I want to thank you for the hands that went up all over this building. It just needs a touch from you today. It just needs a touch from you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. We just want to be loved by you. And Father, we want to find you wherever you are. We want to run toward you today. We want to run toward you today. We just want to be loved by you. We want to feel your touch. There's some stuff I'm going through. Some stuff I'm dealing with. That I just want to be loved by you. Hey, what I want to do this morning, and this is going to sound weird to you. I hadn't planned on doing this. I've been wrestling with it for the last few minutes because I don't want you to get your eyes off of God. But sometimes we just, us as human beings, we need a physical touch. Sometimes it means a world to us just to have somebody to come and shake our hand or to put their arms around us and say, hey, I just want to let you know I love you. And this is what I want to do. For anybody in this house that wants to, I hadn't shared this with Karen at all. She can tell you this is the first time she's going to hear this. Karen, I want you to come here and stand right here. We won't stand on this name that says Jesus. And it's not because of her and I. I want you to understand this. I just don't want to embarrass anybody else. And I know this is not going to be an embarrassment to her. But if, especially if you raised your hand up If you're a female, I want you to come to Karen. If you're a male, I want you to come to me. When you come, I want you to be thinking in your your mind of what you need God to do for you. I'm not going to ask you about it. She's not going to ask you about it. But God knows. What I want her and I to do, I I want her and I to be a conduit 
from the, for the love of God. Does that make sense? In other words, let's just, I'm going to use Vonda, my sister. If Vonda raised her hand up, and I'm not sure if you do it or not, but if Vonda did, if she comes, she's going to come to Karen. We'll stand right here. We're going to face this way. She's going to come to Karen, and Karen's going to put her arms around her. They're going to embrace. They're going to hug one another. Now, Karen will say a little prayer over them, and I'll say a little prayer over the guys, but more important than that, I want Karen and, and myself to be used as a, as a conduit for the love of God wrapping his arms around you. I, I've never done anything, I don't think, like this before, I, and I hadn't planned on doing this, but I just sense and I feel in my spirit there's some of you today you don't have to tell me anything, but you just need somebody to embrace you and just say, God, fill them with your love. God, fill them with your touch today. I don't care who you are, young or old, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to us. It doesn't matter. But I want God to work through us to show you, to experience, that you can experience the love of God You've heard my story about several years ago how, how I felt Sister Carla God's arms around. I actually literally felt the, the arms of God wrapped around. I've never felt that since. Never felt it. I've prayed for it many times. God, just do it again. But one time in my life, and this happened over at Cherry Street, so you know how long ago that's been. I just, in my life, Shauna, I just felt like God, I don't know if you know where I am. I don't know if you understand anything I'm going through. And I and for days I prayed and I fasted just to feel something. And one day, Brother Chuck, I got so in desperate need of God, I found myself in the church over in the back, somewhere over here in the back of a pew, just nailing down in the back of a pew. Nobody else was there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I felt arms, literally arms wrap around me. And I, matter of fact, I opened my eyes up to see if there's anybody there. There's nobody there. Sister Sheena and I felt God love me for those few moments. Never felt anything like that since. I've felt the love of God, but not like that. But I just sense that there's some of you today, you need the love of God to show up in your life. You need Him. You need Him. And while Sister Michelle plays softly or possibly sing whatever she decides, I'm not even going to ask you to stand, but I do want you to pray. I want you to be in reverent prayer for those that lifted their hands especially. You say, Pastor, I didn't lift my hand. That's all right. If you need to come, I want you to come. If you don't want to come, that's fine. I'm not pressuring you. But there's some of you, you need God's love today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, draw them. I pray for a spirit of releasement. Let them be released today to come and to feel your touch. In the name of Jesus, we pray right now. Would you come in Jesus' name? God really does love you. The Lord really does care for you. Sometimes, Brother Al, it's hard for us to see it, but he does. So often we don't accept his love. And a lot of times the reason we don't accept his love because it's hard for us to forgive ourselves for what we've done in the past. I hope and pray that as you listen this morning that you will not allow that lie of the enemy to overtake you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. 
It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Say, Pastor, maybe you need to understand what I've done and what I've been before you can say that. No, according to his word, he loves you just the way that you are. Now, yes, we'll have to change things and we'll want to in our life when God's love comes in and he takes over. Boundaries, lines. According to his word. But he says all of those things simply because he loves you. And he's trying to save us from a lot of hurt. He's trying to save us from hell itself. And I, we, we live in a day and time to where this thing, Sister Pat, when we talk about heaven and we talk about hell, oh, that's just a myth. That's just a story. And some of us, we really don't believe it that there really is a heaven and there really is a hell. But let me just tell you one more time, there really is a heaven. And there really is a hell. And hell was created for the devil and his angels, not for you. Not for you. Because God loves you. But he wants you to serve him. He wants you to lay aside all this stuff the world has to offer you. Put it aside. And come before him. Surrender. Give your all to him. Sell out to him. He loves you. He loves you. And you look back through time and all the things and all the decisions that the Lord had made and Jesus made, he made all of those, Brother David, for you and I. For you and I. Because he loves us. I'm thankful this morning for the love of God. How about you? Thankful for the love of God. Thankful for his goodness and his mercy upon our life today. Amen? Amen. God bless you today.